going exactly like we thought. My faith will never break. And I have seen that though. Good ideas and God's ideas, sometimes they intersect and sometimes um, things don't happen exactly like we want them to. Now the reason that shouldn't be discouraging but very encouraging is because come hell or high water, you rest in God's sovereignty. So to me, it's like, oh, that's so negative. No, it isn't. I'm trusting in God's sovereignty. I might not, I may never see the promise on this side of the grave. My hope might be shaken, but my faith will never break. And so it can be very encouraging. Thank you for joining us here at Westside Christian Fellowship, located in Leona Valley, California, one hour north of Los Angeles. Today on Regaining Lost Ground, we hear the second part of this timely, deeply discerning message from Pastor Shane titled, When Heaven is Silent. The Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, once encouraged his congregation with this, If the Lord Jehovah makes us wait, let us do so with our whole hearts, for blessed are those that wait for Him. He is worth waiting for. The waiting itself is beneficial to us. It tries faith, exercises patience, trains submission, and endears the blessing when it comes. The Lord's people have always been a waiting people. Today, Pastor Shane clearly defines waiting on God, trusting always in his faithfulness that he will act on behalf of those who patiently wait for him. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Idleman Unplugged weekly podcast. And now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Eidelman. And we've noticed, have you ever seen where people really can destroy their life if they're promoted too early? Or if they, they want something too soon? And they're not, they're time, sometimes God lets a person do that. Sometimes He, he allows them, the, the difference between His perfect will and permissive will that theologians would, would talk about often. Number four, this is a little bit different than instructing. Teaching, teaching, what, what, how I at least biblically view it, instructing like he's, he's telling me to do something. He's instructing me to do it. Whereas teaching, he's, he's implanting knowledge and wisdom into my heart. I'm learning from the experience. Not necessarily doing anything just yet. So he's teaching us often. Waiting time is not... Wasted time. That's still one of the most popular sermons. People still tell me about it a couple years later. I talked about that whole topic. Wait, waiting time is not wasted time. And isn't that, a, isn't that a mental shift that really helps? Wait a minute. I'm not wasting my time during this waiting time. I'm actually being built up spiritually and encouraged spiritually. And God is doing different things behind the, behind the scenes. Waiting time. What about from Moses to Paul, to look at all these biblical heroes in the Bible that we look to. Moses, you'd think he would have been ready at 40 to deliver the children of Israel. But God said, nope, another 40 years. 80 years waiting on the backside of the desert. And it was Paul, I believe, who went to the, the, the desert of Arabia and said, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. He spent some time there. 
Jesus went out into the wilderness for a season. Other people, Joseph, Jacob, Abraham, we can look at all the stories and you'll see that there was a season of waiting, waiting on the Lord, renewing their strength. What about David? How frustrating is that? Samuel goes, he, he, he says, hey, the oil's not flowing. Is there any other son? Oh yeah, he's this kid out in the back. We'll go get him. And then the oil flowed and God said, this is my man. He is the king of Israel. Well, did it happen right away? <laughs> Hardly. I read this guy's story. I'm like, wow. Then he had to take little chunks of Israel at a time and, and finally, you know, and, and fight for this, this side. And, and the, the, there was some uh, discrepancy and who was following him, who wasn't. And it was just a nightmare for him. But eventually, that waiting time was confirmed. And then number five, if it's not obvious, it should be building character. What might God be doing when He is silent? He's building character. And I, I, I've said this before, I don't really, this is hard, um, because we often don't just build character without being challenged. Right? How, how, is, how is muscle built? It's challenged. You give it a load it's not used to. It hurts. It's not used to this, so it has to prepare for the next time. Same thing with our Christian faith. We're building character. Those who wait upon the Lord are renewed. They renew their strength. And spiritual exercise is there's, it's not physically taking place, spiritually taking place. Um, I, I, I'm running out of patience, but how do you develop patience? Think about that. How do, do, I don't know if I ever develop patience, patience but just, just I wake up in the morning, yeah, I'm so patient now. <laughs> that was an incredible couple years, but now I've arrived. No, it's usually going through the thing that challenges my patience and I respond and grow from it. How do we develop um, forgiveness if we're not wronged? And so all these things we go through, heaven is silent, God, you're not listening, but it builds our character, our spiritual character, and that's why usually when you see men and women of God who are seasoned, they've been through it. They've been hurt a time or two. They've been ridiculed and slandered. They've been, um, uh, you name it. You know, the, Paul talks about the working of the flesh, the backbiting and the, the, the slander, the jealousy. And it's, it's interesting, if you read these things in Corinthians and Galatians, I believe, you realize that in, in a church setting, there's, there's just like a, uh, what do they call that? Smorgasbord of all, I mean, there's the people here who are not, not believers, and, you know, they, they might think they are, and they come to church now and then, but they've really never repented and believed, or your, their parents drug them here, or friends came. And then you've got people who are seasoned believers and very mature, and, and, and then you have those in the middle, what Paul would refer to as carnal. And the carnal people can hurt you pretty bad. And we hurt people pretty bad, even mature people, right? And so you have all these people working together and, and, and carnality or um, other terms, uh, lukewarm 
And th- th- it, that, that's what happens. Those, norm, those who are carnal or lukewarm or not even believers, the natural outflow of what's in their heart is the work of the flesh. So it just comes, it just comes naturally. They're gonna, be, they're, gonna, they're gonna struggle with those issues. I think it was Galatians. Paul said, if you, if you bite and devour one another, and he lists these, these things that just come out, you know, envy and, and greed and uh, double-tongued, backbiting, gossiping. He says it's all works of the flesh. And we know it, even as solid believers, you feel the, you feel the gossip coming up, but you don't want to say anything. You feel the slander or you feel like being impatient and rude. You feel it, but you've restrained it. Or maybe some of you don't feel it. Sometimes, you know, like I've told you, the best day for me is Sunday after church. You can be mean, nasty, get a flat tire. Man, I'll just go with the flow. Come Thursday or Monday morning, right? The Holy Spirit gas tank is running on empty. And that's why staying in the Word and worshiping and praying and these things continue to, that build, the filling, of, a lot of people are smiling on that one. I must have hit, a, hit, hit, a, hit, a, hit something there. But isn't it true? I mean, you catch you at the right time, you can get through anything. Catch you on the wrong day, you're ready to quit. I'm out of here. I'm done. Anybody relate? Okay, well, that, now we, there we go. But so these difficult times build our character for the next time. And the next time. And I remember one of the, well, one of the hardest spots that I began to work after I many of you already know, but I gave up my career 24-hour fitness and just walked away totally and had to get, got back into construction. And I worked for uh, Quartz Hill Water District. (laughs) Oh my goodness, the most ungodly Babylon place I've ever seen in my life. And um, I think I walked off the job two or three times and I'm done. You guys are, man, I might've said a few bad words, you know, even as a Christian, right? I'm on fire for God. I'm and up early praying, I'm, and, but there, boy, you, when the people, you can only mess with somebody. I told one guy, Morgan, remember, I said, hey, listen, the wick on my stick of dynamite is getting really small. Leave me alone, right? And it's just, I was in the trenches. And, and so I'd have to go back and, hey, guys, sorry about that. Oh, no problem. And so just that, that building character to where I can't find, I finally left, I could say, bye-bye. Right, I'm, and I, it was good. I still um, have a relationship with one of the guys there. And, uh, but I remember, you know, it was, it was just, it, it, Lord, what in the world am I doing here? But looking back, ah, the furnace of affliction, and you grow, and you don't realize some of that stuff is still in you. You know, still cussing. I've been, a, you know, I came back, Lord, a year and a half. Some of you are like, ah, come on, give me a break. You know that there's still works in the flesh sometimes that want to come out in our attitude, in our thinking, and I'm just being honest with you. And so what, what, what that does, though, is it helps clean out the flesh. When you're honest with God and say, Lord, I need to work on these issues. I need to work on these issues. I need help. And he will, he will help build that character as you wait upon him. And then you're building character, but you're also building faith correct? We walk by faith, not by sight. So you can look at unanswered prayers or when heaven is silent as an incredible faith builder. 
because your faith is built by trusting in God even though I don't see the results. I'm trusting in God even though I don't see that there's any outcome. And see, that, that's, I, I don't think a lot of people understand that. And don't get me wrong, I love, I love to trust God when he makes it clear and I can see the road ahead. So much easier. But when you trust him despite the difficulties, despite the challenges, that's, you're, you're actually building a more solid relationship. Because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. In other words, God says, trust me even when you're going through the storm. Look to me even when you're being, going through the difficulty and the challenge. Look to me, trust me, have faith. That pleases God. Because that's really faith. Sometimes we think we have faith. It's not faith. Uh, what it is is, oh, I see what God's doing. I like that. It's a great idea. We see it. That's not faith. Faith is, I, I don't see what's going. I, I can't see where this is going to go, Lord. I need to trust you. I need my, my whatever prayer request is out in left field right now. It's going, I'm, things are going backward, not forward. However, I'm going to trust you. And that's why if you've been coming a while, you often, often hear me say you can become better or you can become bitter. That's usually what happens. And I would like to report back to you that most people become better. No. Most people become what? Bitter at God. And so they really don't see it as a trust-faith issue. God is not doing what I thought he would do, and I become bitter. Now, hopefully this will encourage some people. It's one thing to feel that way and you sense that, but then you repent of it, and you say, that's not, that's not right. That's a lie, and I'm not going to believe it. I, I, I was tempted by that thought, but I'm not going to believe it. Lord, I'm going to trust in you. But some people beat themselves up. They're even having that thought. Hey, I've been bitter at God. I've been upset at God, not understood. What in the world is going on? That lasts about five seconds, right? Like, oh, Lord, that's wrong. That, I'm, am I being too transparent for you guys today? <laughs> Golly. 15 seconds, yes. Yeah, that's even better. But, you know, you have the thought, temptation, what you do with that thought. You don't hang out there. You don't keep saying, okay, God, I'm, I'm upset at you, and, and you're, you're really, you know, it, who knows? I mean, the, 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 the things I've heard over the years, it's um, so many things can set us off. You know, we thought we'd have a, a certain job, and now we're not. We thought we'd be a successful person doing this career, and now we're not. And that's one of the things that really harm, I think, even in our culture today, you know, really harm women is that whole message, oh, you're a stay-at-home mom with three or four kids? Oh my gosh, what a failure. Actually, that's a huge success. That's actually a huge success. And, and I, I, you know, this might be controversial, but I looked up to that way more than a bank president. A lady who's bank president wanted to hold off her family life for you. I, I look at that as way more successful, especially in God's eyes. But again, the programming, right? Well, here comes, here comes those thoughts into our minds. So it builds faith. I just caught a, a, the song recently on a radio network. It said, if I never see the promise on this side of the grave, my hope might be shaken, but my faith will never break. So I'm pulled over. I got to write that one down. 
If I never see the promise on this side of the grave, my hope might be shaken, but my faith will never break. And that is so true because if I never see the promise, and I want to be careful here because I, 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 you know, this is an interesting topic. There could be things that we're hoping for and praying for that I might not see on this side of the grave. How many of you paying, praying for prodigals or grandkids? Or, you know, we have, there's God ideas and there's good ideas, and sometimes they get, Lord, I have all these good ideas, but maybe, maybe that's not God's idea. Will I still stand on his promises and will I still not be shaken and my faith will never break even if some of these promises don't come to pass here on this side of heaven? But the reason I want to be careful on that is because I believe God does give people some promises, some things that are going to happen in their lifetime. And he's showed them that. He's confirmed it with scripture. But unless it's just me, God's ideas and good ideas kind of get... Inter, inter, intertwined in my mind. And, um, but ba- the things you've waited upon the Lord, you've wanted to see, prodigal sons coming home, marriage issues, a lot of times God will answer those. Those are promises that we can take to the bank. But we have to remember, even if things aren't going exactly like we thought, my faith will never break. I remember a friend of mine um, I don't want to say names or churches or locations or anything. Actually, I didn't know him too well. I knew the family. But he was, he was certain that God was going to heal him. And I, I talked to his son at his memorial, and he shared that with me. He was just absolutely certain. And, you know, what do you do with that, Shane? I'm like, I, sometimes I don't have answers. And I have seen that, though. Good ideas and God's ideas, sometimes they intersect, and sometimes... Um, things don't happen exactly like we want them to. Now, the reason that shouldn't be discouraging but very encouraging is because come hell or high water, you rest in God's sovereignty. So to me, it's like, oh, that's so negative. No, it isn't. I'm trusting in God's sovereignty. I, might not, I may never see the promise on this side of the grave. My hope might be shaken, but my faith will never break. And so it can be very encouraging. And you know, a lot of times we don't want to admit this, but we, we've all, we, we, I think we've all experienced things where God didn't answer like we thought. The promise, you know, He gave, sometimes better, of course, but not everything we, we pray for and ask for. Jesus said, if you pray and ask according to, well, we can't forget about that part, according to God's will, <clears throat> If we have faith, there's a mustard seed. So faith plays a role, praying to God's will, according to God's will. And I believe that God actually, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Those prayer thoughts that really line up with, with God and, and what he wants to do in your life. And then number seven. Number seven. I know this is kind of interesting for people to think, but God may be waiting God may be waiting, and this has something to do a little bit with with timing, but God could be waiting on certain things. Even when our plans are interrupted, God's plans aren't. Might want to take a picture of that one, right? 
Good reminders, even when our plans are interrupted, God's plans are not. God might just be waiting for certain things to happen. Or, number eight, God may be waiting for you. Uh Uh-oh, you're a little controversial. I believe a lot of times we're waiting on God, but God could be waiting on us. And here's a verse I'm going to share that's not really popular but it is powerful. This whole concept that besetting sin can keep us from some of what God wants to do in our life. That's just straight Bible. Old Testament, New Testament. But we live under now the age, and I hear this sometimes, but Shane, now we live under the age of grace. Yes, but grace doesn't relieve me of responsibility. I actually live under a higher standard, and so do you because of grace. And God is talking to his people here. Your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So Isaiah called to be a prophetic voice to the children of Israel. The the children of Israel who once followed Yahweh unconditionally they, the sacrificial system, they love their God. What had happened is they started to bring in practices of other religions. And they started to, well, because you can't serve both God and the other religion. You know, let's, let's bring some of this bell worship in. Nope. As soon as you do that, you just pollute and dilute all of God's godly worship. And it's no longer worship. Now it's false worship, false fire. You cannot bring in other things. You can't bring in the Ouija board to the prayer meeting. Oh, I've heard of things like that. You, you, can't, you can't do that. And so they started to bring in these things and even sacrificing their children, not unlike abortion today. And they would uh, have you know, the meat sacrificed to idols. That's where a lot of this happened as well. They would know it was sacrificed to Ashtaroth or to, uh, to um, all the, the pagan gods. And they would actually eat of the, the meat, and then they would, they would have these rituals, these parties, worshiping the other God, yet they were, and that's why, you, do you ever hear in the Bible, but they came back to the Lord, but the high places were not removed? So these high places are places they would build up in hills and things, and they would say they're worshiping God. Well, hey, we brought God's worship up here, but they would actually be worshiping to other gods as well. And that's why God would say, remove the high places and bring worship back down to the temple. Where, where, how, how I have, because at the high places, you're just, you're just sacrificing something at the altar. Where at the temple, they go through the whole process of the priest who has been set apart by God, the sacrificial system, sp- putting the blood on it and doing exactly how God prescribed their worship. So anyway, that's a long rabbit trail to tell you the environment that Jeremiah is in. So now the people are saying, why doesn't God hear? Why isn't God hearing our prayers? They were maybe overtaken by some of the enemies. That there was drought. This is how God would wake them up in, in the Old Testament. I think he still does it today sometimes. When I bring pestilence, when I bring famine, when I bring drought, or when I bring the enemies against you, if you call out to me and humble yourself and pray and seek my face. I will heal your land. He's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You were born for such a time as this. He's calling, wake up, child. 
It's youth and the shine. You were born for such a time and peace. Such a time as this. You've been listening to Regaining Lost Ground with Pastor Shane Eidelman. You can find more information at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. And for all the latest on what God is doing with His ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of Regaining Lost Ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not. Regaining Lost Ground is sponsored by the generous supporters of the ministries of Westside Christian Fellowship.